the kids are here, so they're going to be part of the message in just a minute. But we've been sharing a few weeks about deliverance ministry, what it means to <coughs> get free and stay free. And I found some CDs I was looking for, and somebody messaged me, and I don't remember if it was a text, email, Facebook, Insta, Twitty, whatever. I don't remember how you reached out, but you were asking for recommendations of scripture memory songs. And I've got two volumes right here. How many of you remember Steve Green? Oh, yeah. Right? Steve Green. My man could sing. But he put, these are kids' songs, kids' songs, but they're scripture memory songs. We use these with our kids. If you still have something to play CDs on, Remember I was sharing with you how to, to get free and stay free. You have to replace the demonic stronghold with a righteous one. You have to replace the lies that you believe with the truth of God's word. And one of the best ways to memorize scripture and keep it ruminating in your heart, even when you're not thinking about it, is by song. So who would like this two volume set? I saw Wandi's fan first. So Wandi, you get it. And you can share, do you have a CD player? Old school. Yeah, can you play vinyl too? Do you have one of those thingies? Eight track? Maybe you can convert them and make it live for everybody. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that would violate copyright. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you could get it on Spotify too. Hide Them in Your Heart by Steve Green. It's on Spotify. It's on anywhere you listen to music. Those are really good. They, they stick in your head forever. Forever. So um, I want to share with you some things about uh, remember. Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. So how many of you during the last few weeks have received some freedom from some things in your life? As we've gone through the series on deliverance, you've gotten, uh, no, that's like serious show of hands. How many of you got free of some things? You had some, felt like God broke some things off of you. Praise God for that. He's always a deliverer. His name literally means the deliverer. Jesus, that's what it means. That's what he specializes in. So he sets us free, but then the responsibility falls to us to cooperate with him to stay free. Every ex-addict will tell you, getting free is hard enough. Staying free is when the battle really begins. So I want to give you a tool today, and it's really just the tool of remembering. Remembering. There's some things that should be forgotten. The things that should be forgotten include every pain of our past, every sinful thing we ever did, everything that drug us down and made us totally unworthy of heaven. All of those things, they belong on the other side of that cross. You know, I never thought of this before, but there's a black wall right behind that cross. That's what everything BC in our lives needs to become. It's a black wall, that is off limits. And whenever the devil tries to remind us of our past, I saw that this is before there were memes, there were bumper stickers. I saw this one, if the devil reminds you of your past, just remind him of his future. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. But for us, it's about leaving behind what was and then pressing on for the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. So I wanna tell you a story that many of you are already familiar with. Since the kids are in here today, I'm gonna to need some help acting this out. So here's what we're gonna do. First, I need all of the young men you could decide for yourself if you're young or not to come join me up in the front. Hey, if you're young, I'm 55 years young this year. I'm fine. Come on, get up here. I know, no, I seriously need like <coughs> enough men to make a river of manhood up in the front. That's right. So I need the river right here, a river of manhood. Men, 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 right in front of me, right here. This, this side in front. Like that, the back, this is the front. In front of me. In front of me. Yeah, this side. 
All right, but face me though, because the river's running this way. That's north, that's south, and you are now the Jordan River. All right, so here's what, I need you to practice being a river, because this is a live demonstration kind of thing. So a river, what you're gonna do is you're gonna run across and then go around and come back and run again because we don't have enough actors to keep the river going for the whole skit. So let's practice that a couple of times. River flow, Jordan River flow. And, and wave up and down a little bit. Look like rivery, look all rivery. Yeah, that's good. Rivery, that's very rivery. Yeah, that's, ooh, that's an awesome river. That's a bubbly rivery. Uh, we'll bring the river all the way down to here though. We need the river to come to here. Yeah, that's right. It's a big river. It goes all the way from Mount Hermon to the Red Sea. Now, now the thing we do need to make sure the kids are gonna be here in a minute, so don't run anybody over. Okay, you could pause and stay right where you are and just look all rivery. Just, just a little movement right now will be fine with that. Now we're coming to a point, this is in the beginning of Joshua, when the second generation of those who came out of Egypt were full-grown adults. They just lived in the wilderness for 40 years. Only two people had seen God part the Red Sea that were still alive. Who can name those two people? Shout it out. Nobody up here. Somebody out there, shout it out. You're Joshua then, Joel. Who else said the answer? Rat them out. Who else said the answer at your table? Rat them out now. I need a Caleb. Who did? Oh, Brian Diffendorfer. He looked like he, yeah, he said it. Be diff. All right, you're Joshua and Caleb. Come on up here. You're Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> and then I need a fly fisherman. Who likes fly fishing? Who likes fly fishing? I need a... <laughs> fly fishing? All right, you're going to be uh, you're going to be fly fishing down the river over here. Everybody's like fly fishing. I didn't. Where'd you get that? What Bible are you using? We're over here, Dan. You're the so you're just fly fishing downstream over here. Passion translation. Passion translation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just make up whatever you want, man. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> All right, so fish. Start. You start fishing over here. Yep. Oh, you could tell he knows how to do it too. I'd be all like this with it. No, that's not fly fishing. Okay, so can we get the river again? I want to practice this before the kids come up. River flow all the way to the pole. Yep, all the way down. You're fishing. Yeah, don't stop fishing. Keep coming all the way down to here. Yeah, let's see. Look all rivery again. Hey, you should fish, fish from the bank. Get up on the bank a little bit. Yeah, you kind of, oh, I guess you step in the water for fishing, don't you? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Get in the middle of the water. Keep going, guys. We need the river down further. Come down further. So you go over here. You're, I don't know what happened. Yeah, there it is. All right. So get in the middle of the river. They won't run you over. Promise. All right. So he's fishing. All right. Now here's what it says. All right. Freeze. Freeze frame. Pause. I'm hitting the pause button. Pause. That was very good. That was very quick. So when Israel crossed the Red Sea on dry land, it says the waters parted. Specifically says the waters parted and there was water on both sides of them when they walk through. But what happens if you part the waters of a river? The water stops and it builds up and then it gets dry downstream. So let's practice that. I don't, you notice I'm not getting the kids up here so we gotta get this right. All right, so I want you to do your rivery thing again and all of a sudden we're gonna part the waters, it's gonna stop and then you're gonna pile up the water upstream like that. All right, go, start rivering. The rivering, the rivering, and now we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop the water 
Uh, keep, well, you guys got to get back up there. I know this. All right, so it goes up and then, now how can we make it look like the water? Now imagine this, the river just dried up. Dude's fishing over here, he's like, cool. So you pick up your fish. Yeah, but he's picking up the fish because the river's dry and now the fish are flopping. That'd be a great day of fishing right there. So it's dry from here all the way down to the Dead Sea, but this part of the river is piling up. So how could you look like you're piling up on each other? Don't tackle each other, don't be like boys. Just make it look like, it, yeah, 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 like that. Get up close and go like this on each other. Go like, look like the water's trying. Your river wants to keep flowing, but God said, no, you can't flow. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Make it look intimidating. It's piling up. It's getting really high upstream. That's good. Just don't hurt anybody. So we don't have insurance coverage for this. Yeah, so pile up. Okay, pause right there. That's great. All right, so the river knows its job. You know your job. Now, who's your Joshua? Now we need the children of the wilderness. Would all the children please come up to the platform? If you have a squirrely toddler boy and you know that they may not do what they're asked to do, you should come join them up here because I don't want anybody drowning today. No drowning on our watch. Come on up on the platform. You want to be on dry land. You are on the east side of the Jordan River waiting to cross over to the West Bank. It's not like today's West Bank. It's just the other side. All right, so you are the children of the wilderness. Now, here's what happened. It says that at the end of the 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness, the children of Israel came to the Jordan. And it was at flood stage. God was ready to show off. He didn't wait for the river to be in midsummer where it's all low and you can walk through knee deep. The Jordan River is about 17 feet deep around this part of the river where they crossed through under normal circumstances. But this is the spring flood. It was overspreading onto the plains all around. And that's when God said, yeah, it's a good time to cross. And I'm gonna have you cross right where it's really deep so that it's absolutely impossible. Now, why did God have to do that? Because these kids grew up in the wilderness and they heard about the Red Sea they heard about the plagues from some of their parents anyway, but they never, hey, you're, you're stepping in the water. You don't have water shoes on. Yep. But they never saw it for themselves. How many of you know that every generation needs their own encounter with God? Every generation needs their own time. As Todd testified in our staff video, it's not enough to know that your parents know the Lord. It, sometime you have to have your own testimony. You have to have your own song of deliverance. You have to experience God in a way that's undeniable. It's not your parents telling you what you should believe. It's about you experiencing something and then you believe. So that's, that's a word. But here's the children of Israel. They're on the banks of the river and the river's flowing. Start flowing again. Do your flowy thing. You don't have to run if you're getting tired. I, you know. I mean, still look flowy though. Look, look all flowy. All right, children of Israel. You're at the banks of the river right now. And Joshua is going to come out and he's going to say, hey, God told me what we're going to do about this thing. We're not building a bridge. We're not going to swim across. You ever try to swim across a really fast river? Yeah. You end up about three miles downstream by the time you get across. Not a good idea. Don't try to do it. So what happens is Joshua will come and he'll say, here's what God told me to do. We need four priests I need four priests to step right in front of me right here. Four priests. Yeah, priest, priest, priest. That's two. That's three. We need one more. You be a priest. Okay. 
Now, all right, the rest of you, get behind Joshua and Caleb. You want to get behind your leader? Get behind your leader. It's the only safe way across is behind Joshua and Caleb and the priests. Now, what you're going to do is two there, two here. And for them to experience this miracle, there was something that was going to have to go in front of them. Unlike when they crossed through the Red Sea, Moses put his staff out, he put it down in the ground, and everybody just watched it happen. This generation was going to have to take an act of faith and respond to the word of the Lord. So they put the Ark of the Covenant up on their shoulders. So carry it like this, put it up. Uh, so on the inside, it's going to be right in here, right? Pretend like you're carrying something really heavy. Yeah, you want your poles on this side. Yep. Otherwise, you're, you got your head all underneath the Ark. You're carrying it. This thing weighs like a half ton. It's a big box overlaid with gold, and it's got stuff on the inside of it and really heavy golden poles. It's really heavy. So now Joshua just heard from God, and he's going to tell you, hey, priests, see that river right there that's flowing about three times your height? I want you to just step into the river. And when you step in the river, the river's going to stop. And it's going to start piling up on itself. So you guys remember what, right? you're still, you're not looking very flowy right now. You're looking too cool. You're fishing. <laughs> not catching anything, no. Don't worry. Before Jesus' miraculous catch, there was the fly fisherman of Joshua. He's not in this book. He's not in the book you read, but he, he was there. <laughs> All right, so what you're going to have to do now, and everybody's watching this. All of the children of the wilderness are looking, going, what's going to happen when they step in that river? They're going to step in the river while it's flowing. What do you think is going to happen? Some of them are thinking they're going to step in and they're going to go, and there goes the ark. It's going to sink to the bottom and be a buried treasure. Or God's going to come through. So the priests step down into the river. They step down the banks and the river stopped and started backing up on itself. Okay, get around, get around the other side. Keep all the way in. You got to get all, as soon as their feet entered the river, stop right there, it backed up, and then it was backing up on itself on this side. Now here, here's what God said to do. Kids, you ready? Now you're going to walk across the river on dry land. Oh, you have, you're not. Look, it's dry now. It's all dry. So now, you're going to walk across on dry land, but here's what you're going to do. When you go through, we have to remember this somehow, right? You don't want to forget about this day. Imagine if this really, if you saw this happen, you'd never want to forget this, right? The way God came, you're not piling up on each other. Don't stop. I didn't hit the pause button. Pile up. Me intimidating looking. Look like a river that's going to consume these kids. You're going to walk through now. You're seeing the power of God, but here's what you're going to do. You listening? When you walk through... Joshua will tell you, I want you to pick up a stone, really big stone here in the river, and you're going to carry it to the other side with you. Can you all do that? Come now, children of the wilderness, walk through to the other side, pick up a stone for your tribe and carry it across. Go ahead, come on through, grab a big stone, big old stone, not a little pebble. You want a big stone. It's like you're carrying it like this. It's really heavy. Come on across. You don't want to stay in the middle of the river. Look at that. That river, can't wait to get you. Come to the other side. It's safe over here. It's dry over here. Come on through, Kate, Grayson. Come on through. Yep. Come through to the other side. All right. Don't forget your stone. And here's what Joshua did. Because Joshua has been down this road before. 
<laughs> Joshua was like, all right, God told me, make sure each tribe gets their own stone. But then Joshua came back. He said, you know, some clown out of this nation, what they're going to do in a few years, they're going to say, ah, you just gathered some. Why are you not piling? You're still I'm not. Some clown's going to come along a few years from now, and they're going to say, ah, they just took stones from the side of the river and made a, a pile of them on the side. So Joshua said, I'm going to get ahead of that. And he took 12 stones and made a pile right in the middle of the river, where it would soon be 17 feet deep again. And we got the right, that was only one stone. <laughs> How many oh, tries? 12. Oh, <laughs> he made a pile. Caleb, help him out. <laughs> he needs, it's like, he's, oh, he's good, yeah. I know it's Joel, and he can do the work of 10 men. 12 stones in the middle, and then they walk through on the other side. They made a pile of stones. Make that right in front of Bill. Pile your stones there, and then go back and sit with your parents on the other side. And then, when all the children of Israel were out, once everybody was gone, and Joshua finished making a pile of stones in the middle of the river, the priests followed behind the nation, and as soon as they set foot on dry land, the river began to flow again, drowning the poor fly fishermen in a wave. <laughs> you didn't know it was going to end like that. Okay, thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. <laughs> All right. All right, go back. Find your, find your dad now. Find your dad. <laughs> go ahead, go sit with your dad now, okay? Good job. You did awesome. Hope you're not too tired from carrying that stone. So we call these the stones of remembrance. It's one of the most famous stories in the Bible. And it's famous and it's good because one of the keys for us staying free after we've been delivered is never to forget what God's done. We're so quick to forget, aren't we? I mean, we make fun of the Israelites because 10 plagues, walk through the sea on dry land. I mean, miracle after miracle, manna on the ground every day, water from a rock, and they still turned away from God the first time they had a choice to make. Three days in was the first time they said, nope, not another step, I don't trust you. Why would that happen after seeing so much of God, God's goodness? Well, the reason is we forget to remember. We forget to remember. So one of the reasons why we go through cycles of getting caught in sin and then getting free from sin again is because we don't rehearse the testimony, because we don't do something to remember what God did. Remembering what God did and celebrating those moments of breakthrough are just as important in the long run as the breakthrough itself. Many of us have been around in Christ long enough to see people who get free they get free of whatever. They get free of addiction. They get free of that spirit that's been plaguing their family, the anger, the whatever it is, the unforgiveness, all the things that we've been looking at the last few weeks. They get free, and then they forget that, oh, I'm free now. God set me free. I don't have to go back to this thing. I forget about the miracle-working power of what it felt like to be touched by God. And now I'm free of that thing. It's no longer a hold on me. And now I'm going to walk ahead. And so God, throughout Israel's history, would always tell them, stop, pause, and remember this moment. The Passover was instituted for that very reason. One generation had experienced 10 plagues. And that 10th one, God said, this is for a memorial for you. I want you to tell your children. I want you to remember every year through a ceremony. I want you to celebrate this. It's the first of the feasts of the Lord. I want you to remember how the Lord passed over your house when he struck all the Egyptian houses. 
never forget it. So that's the reason for the institution of holidays. Do you know if you were a Jew in ancient Israel and you actually celebrated and followed the law of Moses, do you know that a third of the days on the calendar were given over to celebration, feasts, and parties? I almost want to go back and live during that time. (laughs) A third of the year, God said, I want you to pause every Sabbath day, seven major feasts, some of them including a full week worth of celebrating ahead of time, and then all the other special days that God instituted just so we would pause, look back, and remember his faithfulness. Why? Well, we know in the new covenant. We know what it says about how the church overcomes that dragon, the evil one who wants to drag us back into what we used to be. They overcame him by two things, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. That's how we overcome. So we're going to take a few minutes today to remember our testimonies and celebrate them around our tables because remembering our testimonies demonstrates value for the work of God. If, we, if God does something powerful in our lives and transforms us, and then we just move on the next day as if nothing happened, guess what's going to happen? We are most likely going to end up right back in that pit that he done dug us out of. We're going to end up right back in that bondage he set us free from because we go on and say, hey, thanks for the, thanks for the, the freedom. And uh, now I'm gonna go back to life as it once was. How many of you know we cannot go back to life the way that it was after we've been set free? That's why whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Really, really free. So when we value our testimonies by pausing and remembering what God has done, it also communicates, I'm gonna contend to hold on to what God gave me. For the Israelites, they crossed that that, uh, river into the promised land. How many of you know that was the easiest part of the next generation's worth of life? They had those giants to contend with. They had walled cities. They had all kinds of strongholds that they were going to have to go after. So God said, your first act, setting foot in your promised land for the first time, is to build a memorial to this miracle that you saw with your own eyes. Because your days of needing miracles aren't over yet. Your days of needing daily grace are not finished yet. How many of you know we came to Christ? That was just the beginning. Did you all experience like I did that it got a little bit harder at first after you came to Christ? That is the testimony of every saint I know who came to Christ out of some kind of real broken life that the next day all hell broke loose because it's running for its life. You know that's why it does that, right? Because Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so now the gates are open wide and the devil's running for his life. That's why it feels like all hell broke loose. But on the other side of that freedom, we got to contend to keep what God has given us. The day they set foot in the promised land, the whole thing belonged to Israel. But do you know they never once occupied the whole land? Not once in all their history. And at the end of the book of Joshua, it lists all the places that each tribe failed to capture. And if you continue reading through Judges and the rest of the Old Testament, that's exactly where all their problems came from because they didn't finish the job that God gave them to do. And I would suggest it's because they forgot. You open up the book of Joshua and we have the first of the Judges, Gideon. And at the end of Gideon's battle, it says that it came about as soon as Gideon was dead that the sons of Israel again played the harlot with Baals and they made Baal Berit, their God. After seeing the miracle, like, 
300 dudes with pottery and torches just ran off the whole army. And right after that happened, they went right back to serving the gods of the Canaanites surrounding them. We're, and, and let's not judge them because we're just as quick to go back to things, right? As a dog returns to its vomit, the scripture says, we go right back to that same thing that we despise, that pit that we came out of, and we're drawn right back to it if we don't memorialize and remember God set me free. How could I ever go back to that life again? And it says after this, the sons of Israel, they did not remember the Lord their God. Why did they go back? They forgot to remember. They forgot to remember. So cycles of freedom and return to bondage, the cycle that so many saints of God live in. I get free for a little while, then I'm right back in it again. And then I get free for a little while, and I'm right back in it again. One of the reasons why we do that is because we fail to remember. We forget to remember what God has done. And when we remember it and celebrate it, I mean, how many of you love Christmas? I'd rest of you all, I don't know how you got Scrooge in you. We'll see if we deliver you that today. I mean, everybody loves Christmas. Pagans love Christmas. Everybody loves Christmas. There's something about it because the world stops to remember God didn't leave us. He became Emmanuel, the God who was with us. And whether people understand it or not, that's what's going down every Christmas. The whole world stops to celebrate God is with us always. And he loved us enough to send his son like that. And that's why Christmas is so strong like that. But we've got to remember and rehearse the ways that God came through before. Otherwise, what we do with our relationship with God is we fall into this offense of, well, what have you done for me lately? Right, we go into seasons of life where it gets rough again, where now we're in conflict again, or now that old thing starts trying to make its way back up again. And then we get angry at God because he's not coming through fast enough for us right now. Don't forget to remember in those moments. So Jesus instituted this. We're going to break bread around the tables now and we're going to share and build a memorial to some of the things that God's done for us in our lives, whether recent or however far back you want to go. But the first thing that we were set free from was the curse of sin and death itself. And that's why Jesus said, I got something I want you to remember. I want you to, I don't, you know, yeah, remember my teachings, do everything that I imparted to you to do. But this one he said, uh, when he took bread after supper, during supper rather, and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this so that you will never forget no matter how much it feels like I've left you and forsaken you, no matter how much it feels like when am I ever gonna get free from this thing that keeps plaguing my life, no matter what the seasons of life may be, you come back and you remember, uh, as my uh, friend once said, how, I asked Jesus, how much do you love me? And he said, this much. He stretched out his arms and died. Never forget that we will always remember the Son of God, Emmanuel, the one who cannot die, was willing to take on flesh and blood and even experience death on our behalf. That's how much this bridegroom loves his bride. That's how much this Jesus loves our soul, that he was willing to do that. Now, I don't know about you, but doing that in the middle of crazy difficult seasons of life, all of a sudden, it's like my soul found a reset button. And I remember, oh yeah, it's all gonna be good. As long as he's with me, I know that on the other side of this, there's gonna be a testimony right after the test is done. 
And then you can endure a test, whether it's a week, a month, a year, or decades. You can be in it for the rest of your life and experience the joy of salvation, even in the middle of the darkest of times. So let's, um, if you, you see the juice on your table, spread the cups around, pour some juice into your cups, make sure you got some bread, everybody got a piece of bread. And what I wanna invite you to do is where I'm gonna leave now and I'm just gonna come back to close us out here in a little while, about 10, 15 minutes. I'm gonna ask you to share around your table times in your life, one time in your life that God did something for you that you will never forget. And what I wanna ask you to do and invite you to do is do whatever it takes to build a memorial to that. You know, sometimes like I have, uh, for example, in my house, I went to Liberia for the first time back in 2005 and we drove back to this. It, it was right after the war had ended. It was kind of scary. And I realized somewhere in the middle, there's no 911 here. And these guys have AK-47s and some of them don't look too happy that we're preaching Christ. And so uh, I went to this city called Ganta, which is where the civil war erupted out of. And the whole street, it, it looked like gravel when we pulled up, but it was all bullet shells. There was so many around the streets from big battles that had happened there. And I found a, um, a guy on the side of the road. He was a, like a prophet preacher kind of guy. And he was selling these bullets that he'd cut with tin scissors into the shape of a cross. And, and when I saw that, I had this peace come over me. Because I was wondering for a minute, are my kids going to become orphans? You know, I, is this it? Because it was a little scary. And I saw that and it brought such peace of knowing that God's already here. He's gone before me in that. So that's like a memorial stone for that, of a moment that I was willing to step out, just like Israel did in the Jordan. I was willing to step out and then he showed me and he came through and he was with me, gave me the peace and strength and confidence to preach. And we had like 50-something ex-generals from the war got saved and baptized that day, which was amazing. But that's a memorial for me. I have that cross right at my desk at home and one in my office. And I remember that God will always, when we step out in faith and I'm ready to go do what he called me to do, that he'll always come through, fill my mouth with words and fill my heart with peace as I obey. So that's a memorial stone. Maybe you need to do something to build a memorial, uh, like a memorial stone pile for yourself. Something that will remind you of a time that God came through. So share around your table and I'm gonna... Uh, uh, I'll just say this, either divide your table into two groups of four or everybody commit to tell the short version of your testimony. Because I know we got some preachers in this room and I know you don't know what two minutes means. And that's all right. But we want everybody around the table to get a chance to share. So maybe some of you might need, if you know that you have a lengthy storyteller at your table, I'm not looking at Brian Diffendorfer right now. If you look at, <laughs> I just saw them all messing with Brian around there. Like, you go last. <laughs> Try to tell your story in a way that just simply glorifies God. Look, when you read the Bible, you know, you could read the, like the story, some of these stories like Samson, Gideon and that, and you could read it in less than two minutes. That's because men wrote the Bible, so they did the, you know, headline version of the story. But tell it in a way that just glorifies God. Don't go into too much detail. Just make sure everybody can celebrate with you what it is. And then ask, what will you do to make sure that you never lose sight of what God did in that place? But first, let's take communion together. Oh, actually, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I forgot what, how we're going to administrate it. As you share your story then... Wrap it up in Christ and take your elements of communion, the body and the cup of covenant, and seal it with that.